This episode of Friendless is presented by the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. My sweet babies, I'm back. Your host, James Avramenko, and this is Friendless, the only show about me losing all my Facebook friends one hour at a time. This week, I have a very special holiday wrap-up extravaganza. By that, of course, I mean I got drunk with my wife and recorded our chat. That's right. Back by popular demand is Jenica Grinky, a.k.a. The Wife. We talk about the best and worst Christmas gifts, lifelong regrets, but the Molson Light kind, reliving moments like Scrooge, and our most selfish wishes for the season. Wow, that's a hard sentence to say. It's a ton of fun. Uh, I mean, look, I always love talking to my sweet wife. Uh, I think you're going to love the episode, but how about this? Listen to it to find out if I'm right. Also, stick around to the end of the show for an update on what 2021 has in store for Friendless, all my schemes and plans to get tens more fans of the show. Tens more! It's going to be great. It's going to be a great year. But that, of course, is then, and this is now. So for now, let's just jump right into my chat with my favorite person in the world, Jenica Grinky here on Friendless. All right, and I am recording with the most specialist guests of the year. The... <laughs> you stepped right over. I was going to give you all kinds of intros. I was going to say she's the reason for the season. <laughs> the dame who can't be tamed. The broad with all the clout. Ah. Oh, I you're going to go claws. I'm sorry. It's my sweet wife. What's up? What's up? What's up? Yeah, 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 yeah. I need to get like one of those entrance taglines like <laughs> they have in the uh, Real Housewives. Like the Grand Dame doesn't blah, blah, blah. Or is that, are, are you talking about like in... Um, uh, maybe a professor, but I can read you like a scripture. Is that like um? Is that like in, in Geordie Shore when they're like, I'm a, I'm a yes. hot Geordie girl looking to tash on. I'm a Geordie girl with a VIP edge. <laughs> I love to pull a bird. <laughs> what would your Geordie Shore tagline I, be? That's no fair. I need, I need at least a week and a half to craft it. <laughs> Mine would be... Come on, Come I'm weeing. Wee-i. <laughs> so this is a really special holiday extravaganza. Um, it is the 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 rounding of the edges it's of the year. It's the much year. music wrap up. It's the magic exactly. It's the much music yeah, wrap yeah, up yeah, episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, although I haven't prepared any kind of retrospective, nope. I don't know any of the episodes I did. Nope. I, we can't do any of the actual like looking back on the year thing. Nope. <laughs> but <laughs> but what we can do is we can say this is the last episode of 2020, and good fucking riddance. Yeah. Do you think? Do you do you honestly think twenty twenty one is going to be any different though? No. Yeah. <laughs> I like no. you know. I'm listening to everybody being like, "Well, the vaccine's going to save us," and I'm like, "No, no, no sweetie. No. Like, did no. you get a flu shot last year? Well, yes, there's your fucking but... answer. Well, okay, okay. <laughs> 
You're not only because ruining they made, the joke. I'm sorry, but only because they made me. They made me. Um, but yes, I am very worried because God. I think that you know you you talk about this all the time. So I'm giving credit to you, James Evermanko. Oh. You always say like Taiwan and New Zealand. They did not wait for the vaccine to get this shit under control. There yeah. there are art gallery openings. Yeah. There are theater openings. Because they believe scientists. Are... They listen to doctors. They That's wore right. masks and they socially distanced. And they washed their fucking hands. And they didn't fucking cough with and their mouth open. And they didn't fucking tolerate this bullshit. They didn't tolerate and it, exactly. because they were built on a sort of more socialist government. And I have to say, like, it's very interesting to me to see the stigma around masks yeah. in North America because even like I, I went to Taiwan when I was 17 years old mm-hmm. which was 2004 and it, on a smoggy day oh. everyone wore they just threw their masks on they had cute little masks even back in 04 they love their masks it was nothing it was no big deal they're like look we are a big population on a tiny little island. There is lots of smog here with our climate. So in order to not breathe toxins all day, we wear masks. NBD. You know what? Like, I, you know, two things real quick. One thing was, you know, uh, the, the prime minister of New Zealand still caught a lot of fucking flack from her citizens. She just yep. didn't stand for it. She just didn't give a shit because she was like, fuck you, farmers. We're going to deal with this and we're going to deal with it now. And then you're going to be thanking me later when you have art galleries. And that's open indeed and all what that happened. Shit. And that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other side is like. I think that anti-maskers just don't appreciate how, like, what a good mask does for you. Like, <laughs> like, like, for instance, you, my sweet, kind, ever-loving wife, you made me a mask just recently. Indeed. Made out of fucking Power Rangers bed sheets. We yes. found Power Rangers bed sheets and we made them into a mask. And the best part is. It's like a double layered. It's got a little slot for a filter. Like it's like it's the true blue. Like it'll actually genuinely save me in, uh, you know, if I go outside and some shithead coughs on me and it's Power Rangers. So it's like you have you, the power. You fucking ma- you, you fucking anti-mask mouth breathers. Just get a good ass mask. Look at yourself in the mirror and go, oh, yeah, this shit's fucking fly as hell. Yeah. Like, like get yourself get yourself a mask that says like. Trudeau sucks. You know, yeah, whatever, right. You know, like ditch the bitch suck. or whatever. I mean, like yeah. he does, but you That's know, the thing. Like, like we just have to face the facts that politicians don't have our best interests at bingo. heart. They have their best interests at heart, exactly. and yes, democracy is broken. And I don't know what to do about it. So I'm just gonna vote for people that are doing the things that I think are cool. Yep. And that to me was the NDP party this year, even though I know they painfully lost, but. I mean, and I love Jay True. I think he's beautiful. Yeah, he's a honey. Yes. <laughs> he's a honey. I love to look at him. You know, but what? I don't like his policy. Yeah. and I, you know, would love to tell him that to his face one day. So this is a special. <laughs> this is a special year end episode, and um, you know. I'm not doing any kind of retrospective because, like I say, I came very unprepared. I was just really excited to talk to my wife again. Something that I do every day, almost all day, but I was really excited to record. Um, Me too, and for the record. <laughs> thank you. May so it be stated. So, so this, this season, in season three, I, I've done this thing. I've tried to really 
narrowed down the 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 um the focus of the questions narrowed down the topics and really streamlined what it is we're driving at per episode and and you know i personally feel like it's been a big success and um and, and I, thought, I personally agree thank you thank you, thank you my <laughs> sweet wife God, I, love you. I do <laughs> But what I wanted to do for this episode was I wanted to put a little bit of a spin on that. And so we've prepared a couple of questions that we're going to ask back and forth in the same motif of season three questions, but with brand new, never before heard questions, never before prepared questions. We're going to ask ourselves back and forth and we're going to just see what happens. And it's going to be the... 2020 go fuck yourself extravaganza. Ooh, the go fuck yourself extravaganza. <laughs> so, um, oh, so good for you, good for you, good for you. Um, so my sweet wife, yeah. Do you want to get us started? We have prepared four questions. That's We're right. gonna ask two each. Oh man! And uh, do you want to ask the first? Can one? Can I do? I want to do a preface for these questions I'd love that. because I was feeling we were feeling introspective, but also we're we're tr- we're treating these like the Bud Light, not the Bud Light Lime, but the Bud Light versions of the questions. Mm-hmm. So it is not like deep. Like it, we're not talking like you know just deep whiskey no 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 there's no bourbon here i'm not crying tonight we're not talking that (laughs) we're talking about some wine a little bit of beer because we ran out of wine that kind of bud light level the molson light i feel like since we're canadian we should be molson light thank you yes i needed that molson light version so my first question (laughs) (laughs) what is your what is a regret you have in your life light (laughs) A light regret I, of my life? Yeah. Well, you know, I think for me, it's uh, I regret my fear of flying um, because Ooh. because you are somebody who is you are such a incredible traveler and 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 you're so brave and you're so uh, for lack of a better word, brazen. Like you just fucking go, you know, and, <laughs> and like, fuck. I mean, even this year, like. In 2020, you were selected to go to New York, to Philadelphia, and to fucking Abidjan. Like, you went to Africa. And and, and, and you, then Paris. And then Paris on the way back, you know? Yeah. And, like, and, like, and you just went, you know? And, and, and I just, I, I regret my fear of flying. Not because I would have gone with you in any of those. There's no afforded, way we could have yeah, afforded that. Could we're afford it, but, but, yeah. but even thinking about, like, um... You know, this time last year, we were gearing up to fly to L.A. for Christmas, mm. which turned out to be like one of like other than like my like my orphan Christmases with Matt Coulson and his family yeah. who used to take me in and like bless that family. God, I love them so much. Um, but other than like those orphan Christmases, like last year's Christmas was probably the best adult Christmas I ever had, you know. But in the month leading up to it, I was so scared of traveling and so scared of flying, I almost didn't go. Like, I was so scared of flying that I almost didn't go and missed out on, like, like you know, you know, reconnecting with, with Jocelyn and Brian, you know, the in-laws, you're, you know, and, like, and, like, God, I just, like, I love them so much and meeting Sophie, our little niece, and, like, how important and special that, that trip was. 
and and I almost missed out on it because of a dumb fear of flying because one time we hit turbulence and it was really bad, you know, mm-hmm. and like like I regret allowing that fear to take to take hold of me and to really control my my thought process on travel for the last couple of years. And um, I'm really hoping, you know, I mean, like the vaccine isn't going to save us, but I <laughs> am really hoping that um, in the coming years we'll be able to travel more and I'll be able to sort of confront that fear a little bit better and, and, and travel a little braver. <laughs> you know? That is so interesting because my, I think that mine I'm trying to keep it light, but I think that mine butts up against that. Mm. It's not the same. I don't have a fear of traveling or flying or any of that. I guess sometimes I have that fear, but it's one of my like more succumbable fears Mm. where like I get over it. Like I, I kind of feel the fear, but do it anyway Mm -hmm. a lot of the time. Um, But I think that I would, I regret being dictated by finances. Right. I regret um, because I, I think, you know, um, we've both been artists and gigged so much of our adult lives. Yeah. Also, we've been in, um, secondary education so much of our adult lives yeah. that like between the two of us are accumulated and dead and so on is quite, quite substantial. I guess from my experience, it's been like when you graduate from a theater program, and then you have to try and pay your bills and your tuition yeah. back. Anyway, um, you're not really set up like a doctor or a dentist or a lawyer. Excuse me. I burped, everyone. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, you monster. So I guess I uh, so I think this is my my one true regret, actually, in life. And, and I think I have tried to really live my life releasing regret because Mm. i just think like i did the best that i could at the time it's very useless to regret things i really feel it's useless to have regrets and i have felt this way for a long time and i'm like i'm not perfect i fuck up try and accept yourself learn from it do better next time bingo and move on yep and so i I really do try to just live with no regrets knowing that i have been shitty (laughs) This is not to say I haven't been shitty. Right. Um, but everybody's been shitty. You got to accept that. It's fine. You got to just like you said. Right. You I'm just not worried about roll, everyone right? else. Yeah. I'm worried about me. But right. it's like because I, whatever. I'm a bit like I do believe a bit in karma and sure. all of that. So yeah. I try to do better. I try to give more than I get. All of that being said, I feel like I've dictated my life around what I thought I could afford without mm. thinking of. Seeking other options, seeing the bigger picture, and I, I think that this year has allowed me to see the bigger picture, because <laughs> I have felt how even if I had a million dollars, do I want to fly right now? No, I I actually don't really feel that comfortable, but um, that might not always be the case. Hopefully, soon it will shift. Hopefully, we'll get uh the numbers down, etc. But I guess I'm thinking in. I'm thinking very specifically of being an actor in Vancouver. Yeah. And I had just finished my last big, my last gig of the year. You know, it wasn't a big gig, but I had my last lined up gig and my uncle passed away. Yeah. And my uncle was really dear to me, but he wasn't really dear to a lot of um, 
a lot of my cousins, you know, and to be frank, it's sort of dark to say, but I, I loved him to bits and he loved me and he, we had just had a special bond and he passed away when I, yeah, I was not, I didn't feel financially able to fly from Vancouver to Winnipeg for the funeral and my family didn't feel financially able to fly me either. Mm. And so, like, I couldn't just, like, say, Mom and Dad, fly me back. And anyway, like, I really, really regret not maxing out my credit card on a flight and just going. Like, yeah. I really do regret not being there. I think I know that he knows. I yeah. feel that he knows. And I'm sorry, this is not... Th- truly bud light i'm trying you to got fucking light. you got molson you didn't yeah, get molson light I got, at I got all guinness on y'all you got guinness on this but, it's a heavy load <laughs> i do i do feel like I, I there's not very many things i would i would i regret in this life like not many things i have to make peace with and be like no regrets no regrets but that's one of them yeah. like because i really do feel i wish i was there at his funeral to say a few words and i wish i was there to Almost to say, like, fuck you to everyone else right. in my family who is like, you know, good people can be alcoholics. Good people can be complete disasters yeah. in their lives and their marriages people are still and people. everything. And, you know, I, he was like such a good uncle to me. And yeah. anyway, I just I love him to bits. God, that just made me think of, you know, um, that made me think of our first summer here and me missing. You know, I missed missed two of my groomsmen's weddings yeah and um that one hurts that one still really hurts pretty bad and i and i i mean i basically lost you know i lost one of those two friendships because of it and um and while i may not think that that is necessarily the the you know i that may have more been the straw of a much larger camel's back but i think that the um the regret of not being there that one still hurts, you know, and and uh, and I think that that idea of like, you know, money's dumb, money's really dumb, and it sucks how controlled we are by it, and it and I understand, like, I get it. It's the world we live in. It's the system we live within. I know that these well, are the rules that have been set up, and as I, artists, you especially, know, yeah. But and it's like, like I get that, like everybody can't just be willy nilly with it. I get that you can't, you can't. Like, it's not reasonable to say, just get a credit card and max it out. Like, because you might not even be able to get a good credit limit on a credit card, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, it's not reasonable to say that. But at the same time, too, I do wish more people would live with the attitude of, like, life experience is, ir- is irreplaceable in a way that credit yeah. and money technically is. Yeah, you and know. like fuck it. Like honestly, yeah. that's you, you that that is the epitome of my regret. Yeah. Is like f- just not saying fuck the money. Yeah. Like the money comes money comes, money goes. We're like I, and we feel this acutely because we are like I I don't know what we are. We're technically in just above the poverty line. I mean, but I it's sixteen thousand like, dollars a year. So, like, let's say I I'm, know, <laughs> I'm I know, not, I don't. I'm not but exactly raking it in. Everyone thinks of us as like rolling in the dough because I have a stable income and I have a much better situation be- than I did before, and then many others do. And I'm very grateful for that. And I've worked hard, yeah. to be where I am. You fucking right, yeah. But it's also just like one of those things where, like, we do have friends and family who are 
like I feel that sometimes I've limited myself and felt like I can have one of the four and not at all. And I feel like I need to approach life going forward as I want everything I can get and just go for it. And I want you to go to like do your things and I want to do my things and yeah. fuck the money. Like I, I really just hate being dictated by the money. Yeah. That's really frustrating for me. This is a genuine Molson light and um, <laughs> and and I want it I want it to not be caveated with vitriol to the gift giver. Oh, I want to just I just want to keep that in mind when I ask this question. It's not a, a comment on the gift giver, but I want to ask you. What is the worst gift you have ever received? OK, well. I've been thinking about this and I feel bad. I feel badly, but the people that I <laughs> gave me the gift are not listening to this podcast. In any way. <laughs> Maybe their sons and daughters and my cousins <laughs> as it turns out, because I, every year um, as a child growing up, got a religious novel about a young pioneer girl, like, who had to defend the farm or had to oh no um, like falling in love and not succumbing so these books i don't think i ever finished reading them right. but they were like I, I loved reading i loved books i loved getting gifts so i was like I, I even at the time i was just like always super super grateful because i love getting gifts and i just like janet oaks i think is like a famous sort of religious christian i know that name uh romance sort of like when a pioneer girl falls in love sure kind of thing anyway so i would get these books all the time for my aunts and uncles and i just felt like oh you don't know me at all <laughs> But it's okay. And and I have to just say, like, I, I I don't think I can tell this story without saying that my father, for I think it was his 50th birthday, oh, no. was gifted a DVD of Love's Enduring Promise, which is, I believe it is a dramatization of a Janet Oaks book or something similar, starring breakout star... Wait for it. January Jones. No way. It was her first feature film. And she was in this religious fucking DVD. Oh. We never opened the plastic. You I've know never what? Seen she it. has she has the soft features. She has of the plain dumb from, face of yeah. a religious person. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She has that. It's like it's like she's like soft around the eyes. And it's like, oh, somebody's inbred somewhere in there. <laughs> Do you want to hear mine? Yes. So mine, uh, uh, without fail, my grandma always gave the best gifts. And I only found out long, long, long past when Christmas really mattered that she basically got the best gifts because my mom would find out, find out what I wanted. And then she'd tell my grandma to buy the most expensive ones on the list. As you do. Yeah. And, nice. and, and bless all of them. for You know, like... <laughs> Like, just bless them all for trying, and, and I'm just so grateful for them, you know, especially in that sort of window when Christmas really matters, 
like doing their absolute fucking damnedest to make it really special and make sure I got as much Aww. as much as I uh, as much of what I wanted as I could, you know, and what they could afford. And uh, I remember um, when I was in high school, there was uh, a Christmas, the very first Christmas in my life that I didn't spend with my grandma. Uh, my my mom Aww. and stepdad decided that they wanted to not do Christmas that year and so we went to Tofino. It sucked. I got food poisoning Ooh. and I it was awful. It was a terrible Christmas. Um and on top of that my mom didn't tell my grandma anything that I wanted. I mostly most likely because I like didn't tell her because I was in like grade 10 or 11. And so it was like not cool to care about anything at that point. Mm-hmm. But um the only thing my grandma got me that year was a travel pillow and Oof. blanket. And it was like, we called it like, it was like prison issue. It was this tiny, <laughs> oh, this no. tiny little like felt square that like didn't cover me at all. It like barely covered my You're chest. You're a big guy. Yeah. And yeah. then this terrible pillow. And, and I just, and I felt so bad. And I, and I, I didn't feel bad about the gift. Like I wasn't like insulted by the gift. I felt bad about the gift. And I felt, I felt like I had sort of like, Oh man. I, I really took in that I had sort of abandoned my grandma and I felt so bad about it. And so I, I mean, God, I really probably to this day, I still harbor some fucking guilt about that one, but, but oh. that was far and away the worst fucking gift I ever got. Okay. I want to break this. I want to shake this off and yeah. break with convention. I yeah. want to ask you what your best gift was. <sighs> okay. One year, my grandma got yes. me, got me the, it was called, oh my God, what was it called? It was called, it was the WWF at the time. <gasps> it was the WWF Titantron. And what, what it was, what it was, it was so cool. What it was, it was the entrance ramp to, oh, to cool. the ring. But it was this really cool thing. To where, an action figure ring, or yes, a, yeah. Okay. So it was a, it was it was action figure rings, and and she even got me the ring too. So it was Damn. like so. But the, what was so cool about the Titantron was you would get these specific kind of action figures, and they had this little thing in their foot. It was like either a microchip or a little like magnet or something. And what would what would happen is <laughs> they would walk through the entrance, and it would trigger a thing where their theme music would play. It Shit. was so cool. So literally, you'd get your Stone Cold Steve Austin. He'd walk through, and it would go, da, 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 you know, oh, and like, cool. and so your action figure walk through, and and oh, it was it was the greatest fuck, especially like let alone all the hours and hours and hours of playtime afterwards. But that Christmas morning, setting that up, and also I think like I think she got me like the Titantron and the ring, and then like maybe two or three figures so that it could work, you know. And um, just, like, the novelty, not only for myself, but for the whole family mm. of, like, walking an action figure through and triggering the music. Yep. Was, God, it was incredible. Okay, I have to respond with my own yes. personal favorite yeah. because I think it's very similar, which is I got the Barbie the, the, that owned her own shop. So mm. she had her own conveyor belt, and it wasn't really a grocery store thing, but it was like she had a price gun, mm. and it came with all these sheets of barcode stickers. So you could, like, <laughs> it was like, and it came with, like, a little shop. So you had, like, a rack for her, like, little clothes and things and, like, shelves for things. And you could, like, you would scan items, and you could, like, 
it would like um it was I know it was a button that would press but it would like make the sound of checking out an item and scanning awesome. it and ringing it through and I have to say like I wanted this Barbie. That was the only thing I wanted. I just wanted this Barbie. I loved it so much. I played with Barbies nonstop yeah. as a caveat to this story. I loved them, played with them. I would play with them. Okay. It wasn't just going to sit there and collect dust or like something. Like you mean you diddle them? <laughs> Stop it. I'm sorry. I, 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 I just wanted to say like I would play with the toys that I got. I didn't just like. Get, want them and then get them and ignore them oh fuck no and i played so, i played them till they were dead. until they were shells of themselves yes. and so anyway my parents took me to walmart because that's where we went <laughs> to buy things and they were like oh that barbie's 60 dollars. there's no way we can afford that and they said like my parents are very honest with me they're like there's no way we can afford it but okay you want a store barbie and there was a walmart barbie for like Twelve ninety nine, and she was wearing the greeter vest. What? <laughs> I know you're about to get all cute, and my parents were like, "How about this Barbie instead?" And, you and were I like, said, Fuck "No, no, I'd rather not get any Barbie then." And oh. so I guess I guilted my parents. <laughs> oh, into that one hurts. I, I have to say that I didn't get very many other presents, which is <laughs> totally cool. Yeah, super super grateful. Yep. I got that Barbie though. I got the cashier Barbie that I wanted Aww. and I loved it because it was like, I brought it to my grandparents' house on my dad's side, which is the cool grandparents yeah. and where my cool cousins and my cool aunts and uncles were. And everyone was drinking too much baby duck and smoking and, and they were all like, show us again how the Barbie scans the thing. And so anyway, yeah, it was just like such a beautiful Christmas because I had this doll I really wanted. And all of my family was really besotted with this doll that could scan items. And like, I remember my grandma bringing me like nuts and things and like glasses of wine like, and, and I would scan my family's <laughs> booze as they would, you know, drink it and. I just have all these lovely memories of them getting a little bit hammered as I <laughs> know it now, but red in the face as I knew it as a kid. I love it. Wellness, however you define it, is achievable. You don't even need to figure it all out yourself. Talk to Conexus. They'll give you guidance, motivation, and the push you need to reach your goals. They've got you. They're your financial partner, and they know you can achieve your very best, your financial best. Prove them right. Start right at Conexus Credit Union. So, I have yet another question for you, oh, no. my dear. Can you handle it? I think you I can. all the weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> I feel Just like kidding. I need to <laughs> finally, after like 50 minutes, I think I finally have to caveat that I'm wearing reindeer antlers, and so every once in a while, <laughs> yeah, every once in a while, you're gonna hear a little bell. And I feel like I have to caveat it after 50 minutes that I'm wearing a Santa hat that is completely silent. <laughs> 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 but I'm right. wearing it, motherfuckers. Um, so, question three is: If you had to ask for one selfish thing, what would it be? So this is not, you can't cure anything. You can't solve anything for the world. 
This has to be purely for your own benefit. What do you want? I want somebody to pay off my debt so badly. Oh, man. So fucking badly. Like, if somebody could just... Like, this is the thing. Like, I owe a little under 20 grand, and you owe a little under 20 grand. If That's somebody right. could just flip us, like, $60,000, just so <laughs> that we could get our, 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 our debt down and a down payment on something, like, that would literally change our lives, our lives and yes. so like that you know and it's like you know to me sixty thousand. that's like that's like insurmountable right uh, but there are people in this world who make that who have literally made that since i started this sentence you know like <laughs> like there is so jeff uh, there are, please well fuck but like more than that like there's there's other you know there's there is a lot of wealth going around this world and there's a lot of wealth being hoarded in this world and and the the way the way that numbers to us seem big and to them seem insignificant is something that only they can change. You know, I don't I don't have the ability to change the value of sixty thousand dollars, but they do. And so if somebody is listening to this and they have a spare sixty thousand dollars. <laughs> please, sir. Please, please, please. <laughs> This is a bit of a, you know what? This feels like a little bit of a. <laughs> this feels like a Christmas one. This feels sort of like an almost an Ebenezer kind of moment oh, in a way. There's magic in here. Oh, God, don't make me cry. Oh, because that's more like there's magic in the air. <laughs> magic in the air. <laughs> and then he like when he's like, oh, my God, when Kermit is standing, staring up the stars and he's like, hmm. <laughs> like melt my heart. <laughs> okay. If you could redo a moment in life, which moment would that be? Oh, wow. Molson Light. Molson Light. There's so many. This is a great, this is actually more of a like, um, it's a wonderful life question because there's so many That's beautiful right. moments in my life. I love you, George Bailey, and I always will. Not a Christmas movie house. <laughs> I dedicate that quote to Ricardo Alvarado and Jenna, Birnbaum, who heard me say that every day for thirteen. I days. hope they finally watched the movie. I don't know. I'm not sure if they. Got, oh, it's too long of a story to tell on this podcast. But um, yeah, I guess there's so many. I think the immediate ones that came to mind were. Uh, probably like all the entire summer when I first met you, because really? there's like, <laughs> fuck you. Um, there's no better feeling than falling in love. And like, I think, oh, you mean to relive, but not change anything. Oh yeah. No, to relive. It says relive or redo. Oh, see, I took it as like. What moment would you want to mulligan on? But, but oh, that's why I was like, shit. oh, fuck you, too. <laughs> no. Oh, oh, shit. Well, OK, so I'll answer. I don't think I have an answer for the other one. Mm. But uh, I I really like I will forever think about that summer <laughs> where we first met. And it was paradise. Yeah. I don't know. I was falling in love in Vancouver. Yeah. 
I like had a life that I liked. We both had jobs that we didn't give a shit about, I so we hated had that my like job, we so had that freedom like, to just like leave it at the door. Yeah, it was oh. so good. It was like I mean, it was so bad, but yeah. it was so good to you. You know, I one of the things I remember you saying the most is, "We got to get you out of there. We got to yeah. get you out of there." And I was like, "He's saying we." <laughs> 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 like us like a yeah. team yeah. like no man ever wants to be my teammate like that's so cool yeah. and i loved that and it was like yeah it was just i just remember walking down commercial drive and grabbing my ass in public a bunch <laughs> and we went for terrible <laughs> greek food with my parents oh, who were still married awful, at the time and awful greek food <laughs> And then forevermore for the rest of the year, we'd always say, hey, you want to try that Greek place? I know. What is it? Nico's? Who cares? It's probably close. I think. Oh, sad. Anyway, that is. I, um, I would love to relive that. I also caveat like caveat. I don't know if that's the right word, but I would also like to um, relive our wedding day, which was yeah. like I have never felt that high. And I have yep. done a lot of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never felt that good. Like, that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think if the question is a moment you'd want to relive, it would definitely be my wedding day because uh, my wedding, our wedding day, <laughs> um, because it was it was a day that in the moment I thought I was so viscerally there. I was so present and I was so aware of everything. But in retrospect, I realized how much I actually missed out. And, mm. and I'd love to. I'd love to be able to go back and really experience that again and to be able to yeah. really, you know, because it's like there was a lot of magic. I mean, that that was God, that was a fucking good day. That you was know, a great day. The pizza, the dancing. I wish I had danced more. I kept on. You were so lucky. You just danced and I kept on doing the rounds and seeing everybody. And I still didn't. I managed to still piss off some of your in-laws. So it was like, you, you know. did. You did. I mean, we both did. I think it was the fact that we had had sex a lot before we got married. Right. Right. But it was, um, you know, that was a great wedding. Fuck, I have it was to a good say. One. Um, that in terms of if there was like if there was a moment in my life that I could go back and change, like that's a that's a weird one, right? Because I I do I actually do think it's one of those it's a wonderful life moments where it's like, you know, we're we're in a funny spot, you know, like like you know without going in too deeply into detail, you know, because I understand the situation we're in, but it's like we're not necessarily in the best place and we're not remotely in the worst place, but where we are is we're together and, and we're doing the best we can. And everything that came before us got us here. So if we change something, we probably wouldn't be here. And, and so I can't even really, I can't even really imagine you know, changing this or that or the other thing, because then we wouldn't be here. And I really like being here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's something that I've been really, you know, I've been doing a lot of, you know, I've been doing, you know, I've been doing mantra meditation and, uh, you know, some people call it like, uh, you know, TM, right. You know, it's transcendental meditation, oh, but it's, but it's, God, but it's, yes. but it's, it's rooted in mantra and it's rooted deeper into, you know, the, the concept, you know, the whole thing about meditation in general is this, you know, not to get too fucking wanky with it, but it's like the whole idea of just living presently. Right. Mm. And 
you know, I say it in the podcast, you know, that's then this is now, you know, like it's mm-hmm. not it, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter what's coming. It doesn't matter what's been. What matters is that you're living right now and you're experiencing what you're living right now because that's what's real, you yeah. know, and we don't. You know, we're not Tramalfadorians or whatever they are in Slaughterhouse Five, right? Oh, we don't we don't see our life as a grand hill and tapestry. We we experience it moment to moment, and so we have to live as as earnestly and as viscerally as possible in the moment. And so, I actually try really hard not to. You know, we've talked about it before, and we come back to it again. I try really hard not to yearn too hard for the past i try mm-hmm. really hard not to want to go back too hard because that ruins the moment that you're in you know and mm-hmm. I, and and something that i'm finding a lot of comfort in and a lot of real i mean you know for lack of a better word transcendental beauty is realizing how visceral the present moment truly is and how how eternal it ends up being if you're mm. actually living within it, you mm. know? Um, and that sounds so wanky, but really, you know, like, you know, two months of daily meditation, it'll, it'll, that'll fuck you that's up, man. That's great. I <laughs> feel, know? I feel bolstered by your answer. I think that's wonderful. Well, we are at the end of our questions. Well, we shouldn't be this depressing when we're ending this Christmas special. You know, it's so fun. I, I, fuck, you know, I've been doing this thing. I've been doing this uh, Christmas advent calendar, the ad- average advent calendar. I've been writing every day about Christmas. And, and I, I actually have to fight my inclination. I, I, I often make this joke with, with um, about how, I sometimes accidentally like I don't realize how cynical I sound until <laughs> I've already said it, and then I listen back and I go, oh, "Fuck, lighten up," you know. Um, <laughs> and and because my gut, especially when it comes to Christmas and when it comes to just winter in general, I actually have this deep, deep nostalgic love and joy and excitement and and i love this season and i love the 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 vibrancy and the potential for for connection and excitement and then i also also uh, you know i also get bogged down by my own cynicism and my own reflex and coping mechanisms of of protecting myself right and sort of like hungering down and shelling up right you know and and i'm trying really hard to fight that because like this is a really fucked up holiday season and everybody's having a really Mm -hmm. fucking hard time and i hope anybody who's listening knows that like yes i'm technic we're technically having like a parasocial relationship right now where i'm just talking to you and you can't actually answer me but like whoever you are i love you and i really deeply hope nothing but just joy and peace and love and happiness for you <laughs> you know like it's really hard right now it's really hard and i hope everybody just goes easy on themselves right i have a can i say something do, please. Oh, did you want that to close no please please i i just wanted to say um i wrote a few talking points for my boss this week and um one of them was a toast i wa- i wanted to write a toast and it was so hard to like find something positive in the light of everything like you're you're saying, you know, like it's a really weird year. And um, I stumbled upon this quote. It's from Shakespeare. I'm sorry. Oh, God. 
Um, but it says it's from <laughs> it's from Twelfth Night, and if you're familiar, it's when the Duke is sort of forced to leave the comforts of the city and his royal castle, etc. And he's in a more um, rural lifestyle. Uh, that's not the, the word. It's not the correct word, but whatever. Rustic. Pastoral is the right word. Um, and so uh, this is a quote from something he says. So, so please join me in raising your glasses. <laughs> no, that's what I wrote. <laughs> um, he wrote, and this, our life, exempt from public haunt, finds tongues in trees, books in brooks, sermons in stones, and the good in everything. And that's it. Of course, a special thank you to Jenica for coming on the show. I love you, and I am very blessed that you have decided to let me fart near you for the remainder of our lives. <laughs> if you like this episode in particular, I have some very exciting news for you. Jenica and I will be launching our own separate podcast in the new year called Raised by the Movies. We watch old movies from our youth and then discuss how it has ruined our adulthoods. Uh, the first season is already almost entirely recorded. We watched the renaissance of Disney from The Little Mermaid to Tarzan. It's a super fun, lighthearted exploration of growing up and the culture that <laughs> disfigured our brains. And you know what? I think you're going to love it. So keep your eyes peeled for that. If you'd like to support this show, don't forget to review the episode, give it a five star, and help me out. You can always find me at friendlesspod at gmail.com or on all social medias at friendlesspod. You can also still buy my ebook, Butthead, still for sale. Check that out at friendlesspod.com. If you've been dying to support the show in a more ongoing way, you're finally in luck. Starting in the new year, I will be launching a Patreon at long last. I'm already prepping all kinds of fun goodies, exclusive interviews and content, as well as all sorts of other surprises. You really won't want to miss out, so just keep your eyes open for that. And that's it for me for this year. Fuck you, 2020. Uh, I'm taking the next two weeks off, but I will be back January 12th with a fresh batch of interviews. The first one is actually going to be with my older sister, Lisa. You won't want to miss that one. You can hear all about what a little demon I was growing up. It's going to be a ton of fun. I'm wishing you all a very, very happy holiday. I know it's going to be a weird one, but just stick it out. We're going to get through this. I'm wishing you a happy new year, and I will see you then. But of course... That is then, and this is now. So for now, I'll just say I love you, and I will catch you soon. Fun and safety, y'all. <laughs>